0: What is up, you guys, and welcome back to episode 48 of the Lombard Trucking Show. Very glad to be here. I'm hyped up. I just got done working out. As you can see, if you're watching, I'm back in the mobile studios here inside the Prima Vista, coming at you live at time of recording here in Bushnell, Florida. So I wanted to fill you all in on some stuff that I had been talking about over the past couple episodes. I've had a lot of guests on. Like I said at the beginning of the year, expect more guests I'm trying to talk to as many drivers and just people in the industry and people who want to help this industry or people who are adversaries in the industry. Like I said, we have talked to brokers. We will have brokers on. We will have tech people and pro AI people on, too, because we want to hear si- their side of things, too. We can't just be screaming in it, into an echo chamber. But I've told you at the beginning of uh, basically the last three episodes, That I would tell you about what's going on with Warren Transport, what's going on with my truck. So let's just get right into it. Here's exactly what happened with my truck to kind of just fill in the gap of the timeline and why I was sitting up there rotting away in Hagerstown, Maryland. So when I was in Atlanta coming back north, I was in the process of taking a load from Donaldsonville, Georgia. If you remember, I talked about this in the interview I did with Sarah Stogner. I was bringing. Uh, a John Deere tractor from Donaldsonville, Georgia, up to a farm in Hagerstown, Maryland. Now, during that trip, I was in Atlanta, and actually my truck uh, shut me down on the 285 bypass, actually, when I was in the process of getting back on to Interstate 85. It was giving me the coolant light, uh, and if if you've been following me since I got my truck, you've been noticing I've, I've always had, my biggest issue has been these coolant issues. I've had to get my radiator core replaced back in October, uh, but nothing too crazy. Uh, God has been good. He's been on my side. And if you followed me, if out along with me on TikTok, I made sure to give that credit due. And I'll get to that in a moment. I don't want to jump around too much. Um, coolant light comes on. And when that happens in vehicles like these, it'll eventually give you the stop engine light. It'll tell you to shut off your engine or you're going to damage the engine. Um, even though there was coolant in the coolant reservoir, it was just uh, getting low, meaning that there's some sort of pressure issue. So I thought I just went to uh, kind of, uh, troubleshoot it or diagnose it myself. I had noticed that the hose clamps, uh, and, and this happens as you drive from shaking and going over bumps over and over, those hose clamps on your radiator hoses or your coolant lines get loose. And so you have to take just like a socket wrench and you tighten the hose clamps. And they were loose, uh, a little, not too much. And I, and I tightened them all. There was three of them I tightened and one on top, uh, towards the top. I don't have the engine in front of me, so I, I do apologize. But uh, so I tightened them, and it worked. Uh, I was I drove the so another couple hours after that in Atlanta, uh, slept at the Georgia South Carolina border, and I monitored it the whole way. I uh, slept with the truck off uh, two nights in a row just to make sure everything was good. The coolant levels in the reservoir tank stayed fine. I was good. I got to the Petro. There, uh, White's Travel Plaza uh, in the Shenandoah Valley, right next to Blue, Blue Ridge Mountains. That's when I recorded with Sarah. Everything was good. I had the truck off for like 16 hours total. You know, I was like off duty or what have you, and everything was fine. The coolant didn't drop up or down, you know, everything was perfectly good. Next day, I go and make the delivery in Hagerstown. Goes off without a hitch, Get to get, get to the guy's farm. I remove the gooseneck, um, he drives it off. I reattach the gooseneck, I'm on my way. And like I said, I was going to be picking up a load right out of the port of Baltimore. And that was gonna go back to Midwest, uh, I, I believe Iowa somewhere. So, and when it comes to going to the port of Baltimore, you need, and they started doing this, I guess when COVID happened, you need to bring the bill of lading with you. You can't just show it on your phone which is normally what I do at, at most shippers and receivers. That, that's the standard. You just need the pickup number. Hey, I'm picking up, you know, load X, Y, Z. Oh, uh, it's going here. Oh, perfect. You know, back in the door of this, but port's a little different. Um, You know, you need your Twit card and stuff to go into these ports. So if you don't have it, you need escorts, you know, security stuff, 911 shit. Uh, anyways, so I go ahead and, up. Oh, my headphones came undone here. I go ahead and uh, go to a Love's in Hagerstown, and I'm going to back into a spot to print out the BOL. And as soon as I pull the yellow tab and park, white smoke's coming from my engine. And I remained calm, cool, and collected because I was like, maybe this is it. I got a warranty on it. Maybe this is my ticket, man. Brand new engine. Like, I, I I, I was almost hoping for it. I was like, please. Let this be the head gasket or something. Please let me get a free engine. You know, let this warranty really, really make me some money. Uh, pop the hood, and on the coolant reservoir, if you imagine it like a, a rectangle, it's not that shape, but there's a coolant cap on top, and where uh, you know where you can untwist it and refill it with coolant. And then there's another cap on the side that you don't, and that's like a regulator kind of cap, I guess is the best way to describe it. And it has a little nozzle on it. And you're not supposed to take that one off. And it was shooting coolant onto the engine. That's the white smoke because the engine's hot. You know, the coolant hitting it would make it steam white smoke. So at that point, I didn't really, you know, I don't really know. I'm not a mechanic. You know, I'm not going to go ahead and and assume anything. Uh, So I go ahead and tell the gentleman inside the loves that I'm having this issue. And he says, "Ah, it'll be about an hour before a mechanic can see it. And I was like, okay. So I just got myself in line for that. I, at that point, make a couple phone calls to some people I know, gauge their opinion. I call a dealership, which was also three miles down the road, and gauge their opinion. And it was basically one of two things, either some sort of head gasket or it's compressor related, leaning towards uh, the air compressor because of the coolant fluctuating up and down, Um, but could be a gasket. They need to diagnose it. I asked the guy at the dealer, I said, hey, should I have somebody that loves look at this or should I try to get down to you guys? Like, is it worth taking the risk of getting it down to us? He's like, anything engine related like that, man, don't let a fucking truck stop deal with that stuff. Just take it down to us. So I was like, you know what? Okay. And I looked up on Google Maps. These guys had 4.7 stars on Google. I was like, maybe I'm going to get fucking lucky this time. And um, so I go ahead, I drive it down there. And the customer service like, I got was good. I, I mean, I really can't complain. They were nice. Uh, the guy was straight up with me. He's like, "We're not going to be able to look at it until tomorrow." And this is, and like I said, I dropped it off on a Wednesday. They said they couldn't look at it until Thursday, um, and they didn't, they didn't have the problem diagnosed until Friday morning. And so, so they looked at it Thursday. They didn't know the issue yet. They didn't like, couldn't give me a final answer. Friday morning I find out the answer they tell me that it has uh it is the cylinder head on the air compressor and the part for it is on a two-week national back order and at that point I said where do you source your parts from uh, and they're like uh and the guys and this is where I start to this is where my patience was really tested because the guy's like oh that's you know that's really for the parts department he's sitting right next to the parts department right <laughs> like it's just all right, you know, ask. Can you ask where, where you source your parts from? Is it just a Peterbilt thing? Uh, you know, do you go on Amazon? Do you get them on eBay? You know, how do you get your parts? Can't answer. So I kind of, t- you know, I'm like, okay, two-week back order. At this point, I'm racking, you know, my brain on what I'm going to do. I go ahead and give my friend Jenkins a call. Like I said, he was in my unit deployed to Afghanistan together. Go check out his YouTube channel, Travel Trucker. Um, he posts really great content tracking, you know, of his whole adventures over the road. Great guy, great information. And he he saved the day on this one because he, so I called him. He got me in touch with the mechanic of the company he works for. And that mechanic also does some work on some of his personal vehicles as well. Cool guy. This mechanic's also a former Marine. I talked to him. He said, and I tell him about the part. He tells he says he's got a buddy in, uh, in Alabama who works at a, at a, at a shop, not a dealer specifically, but a shop. And he's like a parts guy, you know, normally he's good at finding, gives me his number. I talked to this guy, we connect, he goes, give me five minutes. And if I have, he goes, give me five minutes. I'm going to call you back. He goes, either I have it or I don't calls me back. He goes, I've got one sitting in Mobile, Alabama right now. I'm like, I'll buy it overnight it to this. And it was actually $200 cheaper than what the dealership was going to charge me for the part. So boom, right there. I call the dealer back. He goes, hold on, call the dealer first. Make sure that if it's overnighted, they'll do it. You know, you don't want to, you know, some dealers are, are are crazy like that. I go, okay, no worries. I go ahead and give the dealer a ring back. I said, hey, if I can get this part, will you guys fix it? And they're like, well, your warranty might not cover it. I left this out. I had already called my warranty company, uh, Premium 2000. They claim that uh, anything air compressor related, they're not going to cover which is total bullshit, but it's no use going to war with a warranty company um, there the, because it technically it is a critical component, which critical components are covered under my warranty. But the, this uh, douchebag was giving me this whole turnaround. He goes, well, it's not a listed part. And I was like, but on my contract, it says general, like it says general uh, products, general critical components on or something. He's like, yeah, that's for before they diagnose the problem and at this, at this point, I was like, Dude, I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna bother, because my head was gonna explode if I had to fucking talk to this idiot for that much longer, because he's not a driver, he doesn't know uh, fucking CB radios. On, maybe you guys heard it. I'm not even gonna bother. It's not worth my time at this point. Any minute I'm spending talking to somebody who's not interested in helping or anything like that, I don't fucking care anymore. So I just get off the phone, and then the dealer's just like, well, the warranty company might not cover it. And I was like, I don't care because at this point, just from a business perspective, if I wait the two weeks for the part, the, the parts got to get there in two weeks. And then you've got to get it and then work on it. And then the warranty company's got to approve it. This is almost a month turnaround on that type of basis, month tops. So just for the cost of being down that long, me paying for it up front, you know, with, you know, a line of credit or however, you know, we, you know, we ended up doing it, you ch- is cheaper and you save more money than being down and not running, getting revenues. And so he's just like, Yeah, if you can get us the part, I mean, we'll work on it. He's just, you're on the hook for it. Boom, no problem. Call that guy back, say, Yep, overnight it. He goes, All right, man. Sent, sent me the tracking, said it was going to be there Monday morning. And <laughs> once again, now at this point, I uploaded a couple of TikTok videos and really like, Because it sucks being down and you know, this, these are the toughest parts about being an owner operator is the anxiety because as a company driver, these are really things that are off your radar, but these are relatable to anybody who starts a business. You've got to be worried about any of these things. You know, what if, even if you've got a brick and mortar shop and a hurricane comes through and you, and you've just been up and running for nine months, you've got X amount of money, you know, and you've got it and you're selling and now you've got to be down for weeks because of all this flooding and stuff going on, and people aren't coming to your store. So a truck is a truck, and I know it's not all businesses are the same, but there are a lot of parallels. And it really, really could have been worse, and guys go through worse. A tow bill, thousands of more dollars. I didn't have to get towed. I made it to a place safe and sound. And that right there alone is, is, is worth it in itself. So at this point, I was very, you know, just gracious for my situation, safe, sound you know at this time that earthquake was going on in syria now you're talking over forty thousand of those guys you know men women and children dead you know that's a fuck ton of people that's literally like the the, um, almost like just less than the population of west haven connecticut just fucking gone or even the town south where we live now kyle texas that's like kyle texas just boop everyone dead you know it's wild to think about so i had a lot to be thankful for um Really, you know, I'm just trying to persevere through it. Just keep my mind forward because this is I also had the Austin Marathon coming up. I was just trying to stay lasered the fucking. But Monday is when my patients really started getting tested because the part showed up there Monday. It was Signed for at 945 and I give a call around 10 o'clock. I waited to get a call. I did not get one. So I call and then the, and then the person's like, oh, yeah, the parts here well, um, give me a sec. I'll call you back. And I was like, okay, I wait 45 minutes that and then and, and I call back again to ask the update because I never got a call back. They tell me that it's gonna be done by the end of the day Tuesday. My drop dead time to be out of there to be able to take a load back to Texas to run in the Austin marathon was I needed to be out of there Tuesday morning, hopefully get something out of Baltimore and get within the vicinity of Texas, you know, by Friday. Um, that was my drop dead time. At that point, uh, you know, if it was going to be anything later, I knew I was going to have to drive home, or not drive home, fly home. So, and, and I basically asked him, I, was, I, I said, why? I said, how come the end of the day, Tuesday? Only because they diagnosed my truck, they found out the issue. You know, Why wasn't my truck in the garage just ready to go? They knew the part was coming. I told them it was coming, it was going to be there Monday morning. They should have had everything prep. I mean, if I'm a, the foreman or the mechanic, I want to have it prepped. So, boom, we can bang this job right out and get to, get to the other stuff because the parts coming in. We don't have to wait two weeks. Um, and the guys and the person on the phone is like, well, it's a really in-depth job. I call the mechanic back my buddy Jenkins links me up with. It. I asked him. He goes, well, dealerships operate a little bit differently because they have multiple jobs going out at once. He goes, but I don't see it taking longer than half a day. He goes, if it takes a full day, it's because they you know, something must be going on or, or something like that. Or they're, or they're just like really cramped, but for the most part, half a day is worth. And by half a day, that's really like four to six hours. Ish it should take them, meaning it really should have been done end of the day, Monday, or to, you know, where I can get it Tuesday morning. And so I find that out, but at this point, it's just, like I said, no use arguing. I knew I had to, I, I knew I was going to fly home. It didn't matter. I'm running this marathon hell or high water. I've been training. My parents are coming into town. Jay's parents are coming into town, had people, other people, friends of mine coming from Connecticut to run the half marathon. One of my groom been coming in to run the full with me. Like this was a big event we had planning for. This was just regular going home or somebody's birthday, or even if it was somebody's wedding, sorry. Um, because it wasn't anybody's wedding, so I don't have to be sorry, but like I would, you know, I would just say, fuck it. I wouldn't care. You're getting great driver rate. Uh, I was basically making Hagerstown my home. There was a gym across the street. I was getting the fuck after it every day, pumping out you know podcasts. I had plenty of time to interview some guys and have some great conversations. Um, and I I could do that. I could stay just laser fucking focused. Um, you know, I would have had I would have had a grocery shop that would have been the only nuisance. Uh, that, that's about it because I couldn't um, you know, I couldn't uh, eat. I couldn't keep eating uh, Chick-fil-A or whatever every night. Sorry, I had a rock in my hair from fucking working out, doing, doing push-ups out there outside for all the uh, for the non-YouTube listeners. I'm getting, getting into it, or YouTube watchers. Um, so anyway, I knew had to fly home. And this is, once again, where I really got tested. So I had to bring a bunch of stuff from the hotel to my truck because I obviously can't fly with my air fryer. And, and, this, and this is, you know, I almost blew my lid. And 10 years ago, I definitely would have. As i get to the dealership my truck's not even in the garage it's they have it out back in the yard why you know for, how come like you knew the part was coming why would you put my truck back outside and it's just i didn't even buy i didn't even go inside to talk to anybody i didn't even ask because it was not it just wasn't worth it so flew home uh everything was you know everything was great great time home you know it was good to get home uh, and, and have a long period of time as opposed to just sitting in Hagerstown. So I was, I was blessed for that. Uh, Marathon went great. Um, for those of you who haven't been following along, you know, I've tried to, I've tried to you know, doing hard things is, is I'm making that my niche, especially in the trucking industry. Um, because the, the thing is, when it comes to health and fitness in this history, industry is a lot of people think that they can't or, that, or they can't do things or they can't be in shape. They can't be skinny. You know, they can't look the way they want to look. And the thing is, is that they can't. And so I'm trying to do the most extreme things you can do as a truck driver. There are triathlons that will be coming in the future. There are going to be hard things that I'm going to continue to keep doing as a fucking trucker and an owner operator to show guys, hey, you can go to the extreme. You don't have to run marathons to be healthy, but you can. I'm trying to set a high You know, I'm trying to set a high bar to be say like, no, you can do what anybody else can do. Okay, we got a tough job. Our job is tough. That means you can do tough things. So that's my, you know, that's my thing. And I ran the awesome marathon for the first time uh, last year. And it was my first ever marathon in uh, 2022. And I did it in five hours and 29 minutes. I just want to finish. I just want to be able to do a marathon at that point. But after I did finish, like clicked in my brain, I'm I'm not you know I'm not done. Ran Missoula did that in 504, five hours, four minutes, went down, ran San Antonio back in December, ran that in four hours and forty-four minutes. I broke five hours at this point. Now I'm thinking we can we can we're gonna keep going. And I'm getting older as this is happening, and I'm working harder as this is happening. And shit, being an owner operator in this economy is getting harder as this is all happening then I ran the Austin Marathon this time in four hours, 31 minutes and 15 seconds. Uh, an all-time PR. Very excited. We're going to go back to Missoula in June too, where hopefully we can creep below four and a half hours. Even if I PR by two minutes, I'll be happy. So everything went great there. Flew back Monday morning uh, after the marathon. Not Monday morning. Monday afternoon. Flew back to Hager Sound. Sore as shit. Hung over, to Sucked. It, Really can't be doing that. I, I, I am kind of abusing my body. You, you can't put your body through that type of stuff uh, because I'm I'm sore. Or I was sore. And uh, fly back to Hagerstown, crash at the hotel that night. They have a free shuttle. Get back to my truck. It's been sitting a little bit. They got to jump it. No worries. I run over to a Walmart because I've got to restick my dash cam up on it. Get to grocery shop. Boom. Got a load. We are back to work. I picked up in Shippensburg. Pennsylvania. I got a, um, it was a legal load I'm trying to even remember what it was. Oh, it was an excavator with a bucket on it, Volvo excavator. And I was taking that back to uh, an equipment place uh, over there in Iowa, right by uh, Cedar Rapids. It was actually really cool when we got there. And this is what I love. And I'm, and I'm, I'm segueing right now into Warren. Cause I wanted to tell you guys a little bit about Warren because I'm trying to put it out there because this is how guys and owner operators can save their businesses. But this specialized stuff, this RGN, this flatbed life, it's kind of addicting and it's fun, and I'm enjoying it a whole lot more than bumping docks. And and I, trust me, I love you know, I got a passion for trucking. That's why I'm still making podcasts, still doing all this stuff. That's why I haven't quit. I got a passion for it. I'm into it. And bumping docks, I wasn't mad about it because I even at these, even when I would wait, I just would stretch and go for walks and, you know, you know talk to you know the art factor guys on Discord and shoot the shit. You know, you, you do what you do, you do what you can. But this is fun because, um, you know, chaining down shit, strapping it down. You, you know, it's just more calories burned, more active, more fitness. So I'm all about it. But it's cool, you know, because you got to look at it, and be like, how, you know, you get to figure out a little bit more of a puzzle. It, doing this type of trucking gives more autonomy back to the the operator, to the driver, and that and that's what I like the most. And uh, I'm sure my friend Gord out there, McGill. Uh, and if you haven't yet, go listen to his podcast, Voice of Gord. Uh, it's very good. He has he's been having some great interviews. He would agree that uh, getting into the specialized side of things is what gives autonomy back to the driver. And it makes it makes you take more pride in your work. And it really it's 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 started my motivation on this. And that's why I've, you know, I've been so pumped up because I get there. I've mentioned on podcasts and on Instagram before. I'm always bitching about shippers and receivers and and in uh, these places being so rude. I get there, this guy and Iowans are nice. You know, you, God bless the Midwest. These people are the nicest people ever. Iowans, Nebraskans, you, you can't beat it. This guy, oh hey, how you doing? Blah blah. Meet you out back. He meets me out back, and as I'm like going through the process of removing the gooseneck of the of the RGN. He just unstraps and unchains the whole load. Like, I never asked for that. He didn't have to do it. I I wanted to do it. Like, he almost took it away from me. He goes and does it. I was like, dude, thanks, man. He's like, yeah, the only thing is um, liability reasons. They don't want us driving it off. Can you do it? And I was like, absolutely. I don't know how to fucking drive that thing. I just got up there. And luckily, they've got like a bunch of uh, uh, pictures on there that actually give you the controls. Because I had to lift the bucket. and arch the forks. And I've driven a forklift. This ain't no fucking regular forklift. And, uh, you know, I got to drive it off and roll it around. It, it was cool. Operating heavy equipment. That's it. If trucking falls through, I'm going, I'm either going right to, I'm going right to something in construction, heavy equipment operator. That, that's, that's definitely where I'd go. Even though the, I'm sure the AI is coming for that too. Ooh. Um, so I get that dropped off from there. I got to bring the RGN back to, um, Waterloo, because they need it, and the marker lights are gone, so they need to do some repairs on it. And then I was going to—they had me on a preloaded trailer, picking up on the Iowa-Illinois border, coming down to Florida. Good friend of mine from my unit's getting married down here in Orlando, and even though I'm getting in early, it's a very—it's—it's it's a good payday. Um, it's something that's, I guess, uh, an experimental load. That's—that's that's how Warren called it. Paid very well. Uh, I'll be upfront and honest about it. Uh, after Warren's cut, because uh there is a split and I'll get to that in a minute. After Warren's cut, it's a it's one thousand two hundred and fifty mile drive and it's get to the truck, it's giving you know the truck thirty eight hundred dollars, which is uh over just over like thirty eight fifty or thirty eight forty six, something like that. And so that is after Warren's cut, over three bucks a mile to the truck. That's before fuel though, but Warren has fuel discounts and more on that in a minute. So I'm saving a lot of money on fuel. I'm, so I'm spending, I'm def, it's definitely going to be less than a thousand, but just say it was a thousand bucks on fuel. That's 2800 to the truck. There are some days, there, there have been weeks where I only made 2800 uh, to the truck, and that was a good week um, when I was leased onto my last carrier. So getting right into it. Uh, because I brought you up to speed. I'm here in Florida. I'm in the midst of doing that load time of recording. It's Sunday. This it's Monday when you're listening to this or just know that it's, you know, Monday. Um, so if you are an owner operator and you own your own truck, um, and even if you do own your own trailer, I, I would just say, sell it. Even if you have your own authority, I don't know where you are at business wise or your connections and look, it's, it's not for everybody. I understand this because there's so many guys on TikTok and there's so many haters who go on there and be like, they always talk about getting your authority and that's how, it, you know, that's how you do it and that's how you make get contracts. I, I get it. Becoming a motor carrier again is something, of course, I you know, I got a lot of pride. That's a pride thing to make Lombard an official motor carrier again would be great. I'm trying to do research on what our DOT number was before Lombard got bought out. Um, you know, it would be. It would be great. Trust me, I know. But the economy is not there for it. I know, and I talk to guys uh, whose authorities are folding left and right. There are people on TikTok daily fucking crying about the rates, dude. These people are heartbroken because they worked so damn hard. And they are still working hard. And they're getting treated like absolute dog shit. But guess what? The rates are not going up, period. The spot market is not sustainable and is not sustainable way to grow a business. So unless you and unless you as a motor carrier have enough broker connections or direct shipper connections to where that's how you can sustain your business, then it ain't going to work. And, and honestly, if you are just a one truck show as a carrier, that's not what brokers are looking for. They don't need that. They, need, they don't need one load cover. They need five the best loads are not even hitting load boards that's the thing because if brokers have x amount of loads, say that they have 30 loads they're not going to dump all 30 on the load board they're going to go to carriers they know that have 5 10 15 20 trucks or they're going to like they're going to come to Warren transport oh i know warren's got x number of owner operators and, and and it's also going to come at higher rates so this is what i'm saying like i get it getting an authority would be great but i don't even have a trailer And doing power only, running Amazon, also, guys going broke left and right. I can't afford a trailer. And to finance a trailer would be foolish to add that much overhead to this business with what rates are. These just aren't good business decisions. And that's why a lot of people do fail as owner-operators. They get in over their head. They see certain dollar amounts. um, But it's a volatile market. It's just not how it works. But here's the deal. At Warren Transport, and this is what deterred people, and this is what deterred me sooner is they look at the cut. So at my last carrier, we split the gross of the load 80-20. And that's kind of a a norm, a standard-ish, if you're working off load boards. Um, There are a couple other places like that too. At Warren, it is 65-35. And off the cuff, here, you know what? Let me turn on that CB because you're probably hearing it. All right. So it's 65-35 at Warren. And at first glance, you're like, oh, no, they're getting too much. You're getting too much. And look, it is a big chunk. But here's the thing with Warren is they have contracts and contracted freight with direct shippers like John Deere. They are also a sister company of ATS and will work off of ATS's load board. These rates are pre-negotiated and contracted way higher than you'll ever see on the spot market. So and what I've been getting at Warren, every single load, and the money I've been making—we've already gotten ourselves out of debt um, for you know other repairs we had to do earlier. Like we've we paid, you know, we've paid off so much, and but it's a bigger cut. The support system here at Warren is there for you. Warren's an owner-operator-driven company, similar to Landstar, similar to mercer these guys need you to win they depend on it they need you running they need you earning because if you don't they don't and that's how it is so the cut is the way it is to match their business model but their business model is also going to match you from day one at orientation they say it straight up this isn't just a you know your normal you know you're a contract this is a like it is a business partnership and they make that really clear. The guy who runs orientation over there, Phil, Army veteran, Special Forces guy. I, I, I um, you know, I, I'd like to think I'm a good judge of character. You know, sometimes I can be sold on things. Uh, I think my dad is worse than me on that than I am, because uh, I'm a little bit more jaded. Um, but I, off the rip, he's like, "This is a business partnership. We need you to win, and we're going to set you up to win." Since I've gotten on with Warren, I've been fucking winning. OK, they brought me on here with no experience and taught me how to, you know, do the chains, tarps, binders, you know, doing it down or moving the gooseneck. But they're they invested in me right there. The equipment, the chains, the binders, the headache rack, they have the equipment. They financed me at zero percent interest. Boom, installed on the truck. And that is already getting paid down at, at a cyclic rate. Their finance team has your back. They're not looking. They're not hunting down for you. When I was down for two weeks, they weren't fucking calling me saying, oh, hey, you you know, your weekly payment because, you know, there are a couple expenses like for the plates because you got Iowa plates and the E-Log. They take a little like there's a couple little little, um, you know, weekly uh, things you pay for. They're not hunting you down for it. They, they figure it out with you later. You know, if you happen to be down or if you take a vacation, that's what they do. It, it's it's a business partnership. So this is a general this is for anybody who's an owner-operator out there. If you own a truck, come on to Warren Transport. I'm telling you, it will save your business because I, if I didn't come here, I, it would have had to. Li- you know, I was ready to go back to being a company driver. There's already some I was going to go learn flatbed, maybe go work at Central Oregon Truck Lines. You know, with you know Jesse, my fellow supply chain Christ actor, great company over there, great pay, do flatbed. You know, work hard you know i was re- i was ready for that because i didn't know where this was going but i did know that the spot market was going to die and according to every set of research now where freight volume is going to start picking back up um this is just the norm post holidays january february always the slowest time of the year so the volume is going to pick up rates aren't going anywhere and truck and hustle is saying this uh the guys over i know the guys at freight caviar are saying this um uh, Justin Justin Martin over at Back the Truck Up. These guys are all talking about this. Everybody's talking about this. The rates are not going back up. They're going to be staying about this, this level. Maybe flat maybe flatbed on the spot could be better. I know that there are guys doing, you know, surviving that way on their own. But like I said, I'm not going to buy a flatbed trailer at these inflated rates and finance it on top of that with some ridiculous interest rate. So look, this is a this was a business move, a business decision. And coming here has been awesome. I would not come on here and preach and you know and talk this company up if I didn't mean it. We are 33 minutes into this show, and I haven't even it, got into what I want to talk about, which is something that I'm very fired up about. Especially if you've been following along online, I just I am very passionate about this industry. Um, it's a great way for you know regular people to start a business. You know, this is, this is an industry. I talked about it in episode four, Rage Against the Machine, um, about, you know, the number of owner-operators out there and, and stuff like that. This is a, you know, pull yourself up by the bootstraps type industry where you can come in here, work hard, get your own truck, work for yourself. There's not a lot of industries like that anymore. There's not a lot of things you can do where you can do that. It's very hard to start a small business, and there's guys who do that out here. There's guys who are felons. Are out here, boss man Brewster, a felon, 13 years in prison. He's growing a fucking empire, opening up his own CDL school. That's the type of industry this is. That's why I like it. Because it's good for Americans. When truck when truckers win, America fucking wins. And so that's the thing. There's a lot going on. There's a lot we can't control. We can't do dick about the rates. You can't sit, nobody's shutting down. It's not happening. But you want to know what you can do. Come on over to Warren Transport. Come hang out with us. They got a great support system. I'm over here. We can fucking hang out. Like I'm telling you, it, it's and on the specialized side, I hung out with guys at the port of Baltimore. Met all these drivers. All these guys give me tips. Oh, on pickups, this and stuff. It, it's awesome, man. I, I, I can't talk it up enough. Any of the negatives, I'll let you know. Look, I, I had to sit over. I had to sit one weekend once because if you're on the flatbed side of things, you're gonna have to sit. Because flatbed, you're picking up and delivering at places that are genuinely open Monday through Friday, 7 to 5, sometimes Saturday till noon. So, hey, if you deliver on a Friday, might not pick up till Monday. That's trucking. That's flatbed. You know, there's some things they have to deal with. But the thing is, some people complain and get mad about that stuff because they just don't know yet. Don't realize that that's how the industry works. So, like I said, if there was anything negative out there and any of the negative, all the bad stuff. Follow me on Instagram. Follow me on TikTok. I will post the bad stuff, all, all of it, but there's not a bad thing yet. I can't find it, but that's enough about Warren Transport. Um, I'll be, you know, I'll, I'll be touching on it more um, as time goes on and everything like that, but let's get into the, the the reason why the title of the episode, and if you've been following me on Instagram and on TikTok, um uh, my friend, Justin Martin, who works over at Freight Waves, they have their um, kind of, you know, barstool-esque blocking side of things over at Back the Truck Up. There's also a gentleman over there, Rooster, shout out, awesome dude. Um, sorry, I can't take your last name offhand. Um, he's another blogger over there. You know, he works with Justin, and he came out with an article uh, and this was news unbeknownst to me. Now, I've always known that truck parking has been an issue for guys in North Jersey and especially New York City, but I didn't really see these news articles until he posted the article. So, New York City put out an urgent survey for drivers uh, to answer—you know, where that they have been, where they've been parking uh, uh, since truck parking is such an issue. They're trying to find out what they're doing so that way they can address the truck parking issue. Essentially what they're doing is they want them to tell on themselves and where they've been parking because what's also going on is New York City is asking the state of New York to raise fines for truck infractions and violations. And not too long ago uh, on CBS New York, they did a uh, They did a whole report on how Mayor Eric Adams is cracking down on truck enforcement. And he has a truck enforcement agency on the city that's buckling down on things like blocking fire hydrants and on-street parking and overnight idling. You know, so because if you have a fucking dog with you, the dog doesn't die and and you can actually breathe, you know, so you can have air conditioning or heat or so your fuel doesn't gel up. You see, that's the thing. These people who these people who want to do this, they don't know anything about trucks, but yet they want to make all these rules. So he has this enforcement agency. So they want to find out. So that way, could, as as hope, because the state of New York will probably definitely allow them to up the fines. It's fucking New York. They don't give a shit. New York. New York's dying to take your money. So. They're doing that. They want the, they have the survey out there to get it. If you go to the article and I'll post the article in the uh the, the episode description, it shows the clip from CBS, New York, and it shows a the woman there, reporter, at a lot. She goes, I'm speaking to you here now from a lot where NYPD will tow these trucks. Are you fucking kidding me? So they have the lots. This is the best part. They have the lots. And then come to find out also via a commenter on one of my TikTok videos is also the New York DOT. They have all this part. They have the lots. In the city and in areas and at the ports. But they close them and lock them up. And they'll, so they'll tow you there, but they won't open them up for truck parking. Here's the thing. They do these things and they say that they write these infractions and they do all of this under the guise of safety. Oh, it's because it's about safety. They're blocking fire hydrants. You know, that's unsafe. Well, there's nowhere to park. Oh, wait. Yeah, there is. Oh, you tow them there and then they've got to pay you to come get it out. So that's the thing, and here, I got a huge fucking problem with it, big time problem with it, because here's the thing. This is why I'm so, this is why it upsets me, is because it's just, from my moral ground, here's the deal. New York City doesn't make anything. Oh, they have jobs, yeah. They got fucking, you know, the big dick banks and uh, you know real estate, yeah, they got jobs. They don't make shit. You know, they, yeah, they build buildings. Because for that, they're not making the wood. They're not growing any food. They're not doing anything. Maybe they maybe they make some beer. I don't know. But other than that, New York City doesn't make anything. But oh boy, do they consume. And hey, guess what? When you consume, that comes with a cost. So if you want to consume, if you're the greatest city in the world, Mary Adams, if you want to fucking consume all this shit, it comes with a cost. And here's the thing. So the trucks would happily leave and park safely. But yet the government, including your state government, because you abide by the FMCSA and the DOT, we have to abide by these electronic logs. And you can't just get out of New York City. And it's not like there's a bunch of parking on Long Island. And it's not like you can get up to Connecticut and Park either. It's not like you could just go up on uh, on 87 either. You have some of the worst traffic in the country. So where are these people going to go? But to top it off, on top of it is is the fact that you do have some of the infrastructure, and you don't do anything, and you have the fucking audacity to want to raise the fines, basically double them, while you're also trying to get drivers to rat on themselves. Here's the, and here's the, another great part. This is what I put in: is now I'm from Connecticut originally, and I know who's who those drivers are down there. These are Puerto Ricans, Dominicans, Middle Easterners. These are immigrants new Americans no this isn't a racist thing this is vicious who's doing the fucking jobs this is who's doing them people are trying to earn a living you know and these are these are also and I'm not talking about the owner operators like me because I'm not I'm just not going to deliver there there's a bunch of other people who do go to my comments They're like well I'm not going to deliver there I never go there I don't go to Cali or New York that's great people don't do that but there are companies there that hire guys and this is where that this just falls into that whole myth of the driver shortage we have this driver shortage because these guys will just quit or they get fired that's the thing the companies will fire drivers for illegal parking for so many infractions they'll just fire them for all of for all for gaining up all these uh infractions because it's costing the company money it eventually gets passed on to the consumer so the people of new york need to be equally as pissed about this i just said it a couple minutes ago When truckers win and when trucking wins, America wins. This doesn't do anything. This doesn't make anybody. If it makes, and here's the thing. Here is my call out. And maybe I was a little crass on my reel by only giving him, by only on Saturday giving him 48 hours because, hey, it was the weekend. But here here and now, right now, Mayor Eric Adams, you have until Wednesday to answer me and to come on my podcast, come on this fucking show and defend yourself. You need to come on here and tell the people in New York, you need to tell me and you need to tell drivers why you think you have the right to raise fines and why you have the right to tow these trucks to lots that you don't let them park at. And here's the thing, when it comes to Mary Adams, I don't give a flying fuck what that fucking dickhead schedule is because I'll be straight up honest with you. And I mean this with sincerity. My job is Far more important than his. Mayor of New York, guess what that, you're a public servant. I don't give a fuck if you are elected, how important you are, your meetings, your budgets. I don't give two fucking shits. Politicians to me, worthless. You're fucking nothing because you're all failures. Because if you have to resort to raising fines, if that is your way, because if that is your way to you know, raise revenue, is to raise in fractions, not fix the issue. You're a failure for the YouTube watchers. Failure. So, Mayor Adams, you have until this Wednesday, and that would be, uh, I'll look at the date right now. Sorry, I try not to look at my phone when I'm recording these. So, he has until uh, March 1st. You have until March 1st to respond. You can either come out and say, no, I'm not coming on. I don't support truckers, don't support the working class, don't support immigrants, don't support new Americans. And I'm an actual fucking asshole. So you can either do that or you can come on the show and defend yourself. I don't got fucking time for this anymore. I said this on Instagram. There's going to be motherfuckers begging to go back to 2019. Fucking begging to go back in time to go find Lombard Trucking 1.0. They want to go find the old me, and they're going to try to talk me into taking that promotion uh, uh, over at FWF to work in Jersey. There's going to be people. There, there's going to be people who want to go back in time and say, "Nah, Mike, fucking don't move to Texas. Don't get into trucking. Just, just wither off into mediocrity, and you know, stay, stay unsatisfied, and and, and keep that passion where it is. Because, um, you know, we got a really good thing going on here. You know, don't don't do it. There's going to be people begging. To go back in time to do that, to stop me from 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 coming up, to stop me from getting this fucking microphone, to stop me from making this podcast, to stop me from talking online. There's going to be a lot of people pissed off about it real soon. And anybody on here who doesn't want to take me seriously, fine. I mean, I'm glad I got you to listen until 45 minutes in, so I do appreciate your engagement on here because it definitely helps me out. But I mean it with all with with all, everything I've got. Something is coming. There's a lot of people I, I'm so blessed to have met lately, especially Gord. That motherfucker gets me fired up. We're not going down without a fight. We're we're going in. And and like we talked about with Jesse, like we talked about with the last guests, is it this is this is what I can do right now is to keep talking, keep having these conversations, keep talking shit, keep calling out these people up top. Because eventually eventually some people are gonna start listening and some people are gonna start fucking agreeing. I think when it comes to trucking, because look, I, I'm a, I'm, I'm a kind of like, you know, talk about it with Sarah. You know, I don't like playing the party game. I, I hate how divided this country is. I, I hate it. I, tr- I truthfully hate it. it. It makes me sick to my fucking stomach because I, I think of myself as a patriot. I love this country. I love what it's done for so many friends of mine and found success. I think, you know, we are, we are a beacon out there of the free world. Um, we, you know, we, we talked about it with Stephen, how we're optimistic for the future because of the people of this country. You know, Americans are, you know, we work so fucking goddamn hard. You know, we are so smart inventing, you know, inventing fucking new things. Even when it comes to the AI, like we talked about in the technology, you know, we've got kids, 22-year-old 20, kids making this stuff. And I would do anything. If there's anything I can do to unify this country, I'm going to try to do it. And I, and I really think trucking could be that ground because, hey. You know, know, no matter no matter how you chop it up, no matter how many times we say, you know, it's just but if you bought it, it is a truck that brought it. And I really it's not a political issue. Like, it's not a Republican or Democratic issue. It's 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 an American issue, supporting truckers and backing this podcast up, backing guys like Gord up, backing the guys at Freight Waves up, backing guys like us up is going to help. Because, look, we're not I don't know if we can vote our way out of this issue. I, I really don't, but we need to start having these conversations because if we can't vote our way out of these issues, we need to get people fired up enough to make something happen, to where we can somehow change our leaders or somehow get the businesses that influence our leaders, the big businesses, to all to change course, because that's what we need. I, you know, I we're, we're coming up on almost an hour. I can't believe I did this. Like I said, I got a lot of endorphins flowing. I I got back from workout and I was like, you know what? I'm not even going to shower. I want to lay this down because, um, you know, I, I, I just, I I wanted to, I needed to felt the need. I had the drive. Um, I just wanted to come dish out some real talk. You know, I I wanted to get into the Norfolk, Norfolk Southern things because there's a lot of parallels to that too. Um, because I can tell you this, if it was a motor carrier responsible for that, um, the FMCSA and the DOT would be coming down like a fucking hammer, like hard on it. But because of the railroad and some of the corruption over there, it's a little bit different. And there, There's just some things I kind of want to try to see if I can bring somebody on who, who might be a little bit more engaged in the situation for that. But um, look, uh, I really appreciate you guys. I've had a lot of great feedback, uh, uh, especially with the recent interviews. Like I said, expect a lot more of them. If you're a driver out there, come find me. At Lombard Trucking, L O M B A R D T R U C K I N G. anywhere, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Um, reach out to me. I want to talk to you. I just want to get your story. And I, uh, you know, and uh, like I talked about with Jesse in the last episode, um, we it's it sucks. We stopped recording, but we started talking about parking afterwards. And that's and that's the only negative thing that that he has he had to say he didn't have to say about his company but that's that's really the only thing with trucking that you know he kind of gripes about was parking and um so i mean i, I want to have conversations with the guys the more the more the algorithm can get in um drivers talking about parking the better because that is exactly what what we need to happen so any drivers out there um if you're a wife of a driver if you are related to a driver right brother or sister mother Whoever, um, I just want to talk to you, and I want to get your story too, um, because we need real people's stories out there. Like I said, the, these motherfuckers at top, guys like Mayor Adams, and you know these fucking politicians—they're not real people. Like the, these people, like the you know uh, Mayor Pete Buttigieg, head of the DOT. He, these aren't real people. Like the like he's a like Pete Buttigieg is a Rhodes Scholar. The guy is the guy has had a life handed to him. Like he, these people have lived these lives of. Of privilege, and and everything they we they don't we don't hold a candle to them. We're in we you know George Carlin said it's a big club. We're not in it. It's the truth. No matter what color of their skin they are, no matter what they are, these people are on a different level than us. We're the fucking plebeians down here, and that's the truth. That's the truth of it. So I want you on this show to talk to you to get your story, just to tell tell me about your life. I want to hear about the town you're from. I want to hear about the sports you played. What you're doing now. Because that's also, like I just said, what what makes America so fucking awesome. So, hey, uh, appreciate you riding with me this long. You know, only two episodes away from the big 5-0. I fucking love doing this. Like I said, it's not going anywhere anytime soon. um, Find me anywhere at Lumbar Trucking, guys, Uh, as always. And if you want to get a hold of your health and fitness, reach out to me too, especially if you're an over-the-road guy. And as always, if you're out there, you know, and you're alone, you know, and uh, the road's catching up with you. You ever just want to talk? I'll be here.